Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and I am alongside the myth, the legend, the man, Casey Clapp. Hello, everyone. It's good to be here. <laughs> I'm happy. Oh, okay. He's happy. That's good. <laughs> Hi, Alex. How's it Hi, going? Hi, Casey. I really wish I had sunglasses on when I did that and long flowing hair. I would be happy. Well, you have long flowing hair. Yes, I do. It's, it's kind of in a bun right now, in a right. ball. But yeah, I would but be yeah. happy to do it again and lend you my sunglasses. Nope. It's already too late. Uh, All right. the, the, the moment has passed. Well, we'll never get that back. Yeah, we sure won't. Certainly not one week from now. How you doing, Alex? What's happening one week from now? Well, we'll do another podcast. Oh. <laughs> so I can just try it again. Uh, I'm doing pretty good, Case. Good to hear. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. Can I share something with you and, I, and our listenership? I would love you to. I put out a record. Oh. That happened a couple weeks ago. It did, but we got to make sure everyone knows about it. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to take a couple seconds to uh, say that, hey, I put out a new record. Yeah. And it's seven songs, and you can go listen to it wherever you want. You can stream it for free. You can buy it on Bandcamp. There's all different sorts of avenues to hearing this music. Yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it, and now, I uh, I hope people to enjoy it. If you bought it on, on Bandcamp, do yeah. you get a, a CD, a physical CD? Unfortunately, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't make physical media for this one. Mm, I gotcha. But... For a record I'm planning on making next year, I would love to do a short run of vinyl. I think oh, that would yeah. be really sweet. Oh, that would be so excellent. Yeah. Would it be a colored vinyl, like, uh, like you know, the new fancy fandangled things? I, You know what that reminds me of? Like um, Nintendo games, like oh, Nintendo yeah. 64 games. They yeah. had a few that were like yellow mm-hmm. or blue. Like yeah. Tony Hawk to, was blue. I remember that, and it was sick. Really cool. Yeah. Well, um, I think a James Bond one that I remember was blue. Yeah. I think, I think Donkey Kong was banana yellow. <laughs> Good for them. As the as you would. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, sure. I'll do some color. And the vinyl is so prohibitively expensive, I would have to do mm, a, yeah. a pre-sale. Anyway. Uh, yeah, please we love it. Please go go listen to my new record. If you if you uh, if you like me, I think you would like my music. I like you, and I like your music. Was listening to Thanks. it just the other day, and Hannah was like, "Who is this?" And I was like, "This is Alex." Wow. Or maybe more specifically, she was like, "Wait, this is Alex?" And I was like, "Yeah, this is his new record." I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> like not out of surprise, just like I think she didn't realize we weren't listening to just some 
normal uh like pop up on spotify or something sure. just like it's the music that i normally listen to so i think she was like oh we know this guy oh my gosh it sounds so good alex yeah it, the production is really nice on it yeah you did a lot of really cool stuff i remember talking throughout the entire process and i think actually if you're on our patreon you can listen to an interview that we did uh, about this and that's right that was a lot of fun yeah and i was just on a i was just on a podcast called dan cable presents okay uh, where you can hear me talk about my history with music. Um, so if you Google Dan Cable presents Alex Croson, you can listen to you can listen to me on a podcast, but not this podcast. That's gonna be weird. Alex. I know it was very strange. It, it felt it was like. I was weirdly nervous. Like, we do this every week, and yeah. I'm never nervous for it. Well, yeah, you're sitting in a different chair at that point, you know? That's true. Yeah. I was talking to a different co-host. It yeah, was weird. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See, if it's not my, you know, gorgeous voice, then it's just like, <laughs> who? What's, the, what's even the point? It was a nice time. I, yeah. I, Dan's a good guy, and uh, we, I got to talk about music for a couple hours, which was a lot of fun. That's what I'm talking about. Well, go give a listen to uh, Dan Cable Presents Alex Croson. Yeah. And... Bless you. And Alex, is there uh, is there a way we can watch you play music sometime soon? Uh, sure, Casey. You can <laughs> you can come to my show in Portland, Oregon at Turn 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 on December seventh. Oh, excellent! It's one of, I used to live right next to that venue. I love really? it. Really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. We, are you going to be there on December seventh? That's my plan. Hell yeah! Yeah, you're a, you're a good supporter of my of my music career, well, Casey. Thank you. I uh, you're a good supporter of my tree career, Alex. I'm sorry, I've never <laughs> been on one of your tree walks. <laughs> That's okay. You're you've you've lived through years of them at this point, so that's, you're you're good. That's fair. And I am also getting over a slight cold, so if I have to do something <clears throat> that sounds horrific on uh, on microphone, Alex will edit it out, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I think Just you're. So you know. You'll be fine. Thank you. I'll if I ever see you lean away from the mic, I'll fill that space. Yeah, thank you. I won't just be like Casey's coughing. <laughs> just keep on chatting, chatting, chatting. It's like, man, Casey hasn't <laughs> talked in like two minutes. What's yeah. going on, Casey? Speaking about Casey talking, we've got a tree to talk about today. We sure do, Alex. Good transition. And this week's tree is the white. Oak. World famous. I kind of couldn't believe that we hadn't done this one yet. Yeah, you know what? I couldn't think... believe that we hadn't. Is that right? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You couldn't okay. believe that it was not done. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it seems like such a popular big name tree. Yeah, it this really is, is. This is sort of a Tom Hanks figure, I think. And I think um, that's a good description of oak trees. Now, the Jeffrey Pine is the Tom Hanks of pine cones. Oh, right. But Per this, our friend Jeff... Uh, uh, <laughs> I almost called him Jeffrey Pine. Jeffrey Pine. Tobin Mitnick. <laughs> yes, I think he would also love to go by Jeffrey Pine. I'm sure. I am uh, Pine Jeffrey. It's a stage yeah, name. Pine up there. <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, yeah, Alex, it is. It's like, it's like this... Um, it's, it feels to me like the most ubiquitous of oak trees. Wow. Even more so than the Oregon white oak. Oh, yeah. Way more. Because wow. if you think about it, the Oregon white oak grows in like this really small strip of land over here in the west. Like uh -huh. essentially, it goes to the east of the Cascades a little bit, which if my friend Tyler's listening, I eat my words. I used to argue that it doesn't go east of the Cascades. Oh. It does. You got owned? I got owned. Well, he was just very, very sure of it. And I was like, that just doesn't doesn't happen and then he's like what about in the gorge i'm like the gorge doesn't count like that's not an eastern species that's just where things like bleed kind of through this okay. hole in the wall so i i eat my words though there are a bunch of places where you are easily on the other side of the cascades not in the gorge 
oak trees. That is toxic behavior, though, to be presented with a counterfact and say that doesn't count. Well, that's fine. And my this my is a ship's long got shields. Ago. You can't hit me. <laughs> yeah, but later. Well, it's a it's an argument. We'll have to have it some other time. Yes, okay? that's not why we're here today. Anyway, it's a it's a small it's a small little section. Sure, but the, the white oak yes is ubiquitous. Correct. Now you could call this the eastern white oak, uh, or more commonly, uh, Quercus alba. Yeah. I should rephrase less commonly, but more specifically, Quercus alba. Any relation? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think um, I think Jessica is a completely different, um, she's from a different part of the country. Okay, different yeah. genus. Yeah, different genus entirely. Got it, so, okay. Yeah, I don't, uh, I'm sorry. Casey, let's imagine that you and I are walking around far, far, far east of the gorge. <laughs> yes. And we come across some Quercus alba. Let's ID this tree. Let's go get it. So the Quercus alba, the the eastern white oak, or for now and henceforth, the white oak, is a ubiquitous tree in in the east it grows essentially we from, need a we need a ubiquitous counter by the way oh I yeah think how this many is the times third we time we've said yeah. ubiquitous right. I'll, I'll, I'll change it to a different word no it's i a, think we should continue using it just okay just keep track <laughs> if we can get to 10 before this everyone gets 10 percent off <laughs> oh, anything Casey. in the store <laughs> uh so if you take the <laughs> we purposefully do nine. Oh, sorry everybody sorry, guys we're not our control <laughs> Oh, that would be so funny. Uh, So if you are at the Mississippi River, Mm. if you're on the west side, there's probably going to be not this oak, probably the burr oak. If you're on the east side, it's going to be this oak. Got it. From like if you just follow the Gulf of Mexico and kind of the border, the northern border of Florida and you go up to essentially the border of Canada, but that's not like an exact border. That is where it's from. Essentially, what is now the United States, the entire eastern half of it. Wow. Pretty much. Okay. And like from that entire big swath, it is. it grows probably most commonly. I don't want to say 100% because there's pin oaks. There's like 30 different oak species that are like this size of tree that grow over there, like just all over the place. Okay. However... For whatever reason, this just feels like the most common one. Mm. Whenever I'm walking around in the streets of Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm like, oh, there's a white oak. If you are just cruising through, you know, any kind of neighborhood area, this is like the very common oak tree that you see. Okay. Now, to tell it apart is is not generally very hard, but it is it's whenever anyone thinks in their brain, oak tree. This is the tree they're thinking of. I mean, it's a white oak. So, is it like the type species of of white oaks? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, um, but it has I, white oak characteristics. I'm assuming it is. Yeah, and so I don't know a hundred percent on that because I don't know what the type species of oak would be. But my guess is it was the ones from Europe because that's the ones most likely that Linnaeus was initially looking at, which would be Quercus <clears throat> rober, uh, the English oh. or the French oak, uh, the um, pedunculate oak, often. I guess. I was I was I was speaking specifically in comparison to the red oak. Oh yes, exactly. So in this, so this is a difference, uh, 
we'll, we should talk about. For a white oak tree, it has rounded lobes yeah. on the leaf. For a red oak or a black oak family or subfamily tree, they have bristle tips on the ends of their lobes. So they come to these very, very fine kind of points with almost like this little bristly hair kind of popping out at the end of each lobe. So very, very distinct kind of looks. A good way to remember is Spiker, Aunt Spiker and Aunt Sponge from James and the Giant Peach. Yes, that's a great way. Spiker uh, is red. <laughs> <laughs> what the difference is between them? Spiker is like tall and angular. Oh, physically. I see. Yeah. Sponge is short and not so angular. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yes. This rotund. is the, the, the rotund leaf mm-hmm. of, of, the, of the peach family yeah. of oak trees. Of the peach family? Yeah, of Oak, because I was James and Jack Oh, peach, Casey, I'm so sorry. sorry. I did it on purpose. It was meant to be confusing. Everyone out there, I'm sorry. I just broke your brain. Wow. So if you are, if you're looking at this tree, the big thing that you first see is that it's a huge tree. They okay. grow big, like I think up to easily 100 feet. Some have Whoa. been a little bit higher. Some have been a little bit lower. Between like 60 and 80 is kind of the, the average that you'd see them on. Jeez. But their big globes is their thing. They, they grow up and they create these huge, big, very globe, circular kind of canopies. Cool. And those canopies, when they're young, kind of start out as more of a pyramid kind of thing where the bottom is growing a little bit slower than the top is growing up. So it's mm-hmm. kind of growing out from the bottom, but it's also growing up in the middle. So it kind of looks like a triangle that initially is kind of uh, an isosceles triangle yeah. with the two two sides that are the, the same length and then the bottom is is much smaller. So they're very close together. Right. Very acute angle on the tip. Sorry, more geometry this week, everyone. Yeah, what's up? I don't know. This is weird. I'm just in a phase right now. <laughs> But then as, as time happens, uh, the angle kind of broadens out and the lower limbs grow up and out as well. So it creates this big circular globe. So imagine taking a skinny upright triangle and then allowing it to just slowly transform itself into a big circle. Cool. That's, I think, what these trees kind of end up doing. More obtuse. Quite obtuse, mm. Alex. That is quite acute of you. Ah. Um, so the thing is, though, when you're looking at the leaves and you zoom in from this canopy a little bit yeah they are oaks so they are alternately arranged down the stem and they have these gorgeous leaves again this is the leaf this is the ubiquitous leaf of fall of our uh like you see like a a a russet colored oak leaf you know on a poster that's denoting its fall it's autumn that is the eastern white oak that you're seeing okay so its leaves come out and you have uh kind of like uh it looks like a, a kind of silly drawing again a rotund but like a skinny rotund drawing that's very everything's very rounded but imagine like a small little kid's drawing of like a character like putting their hands up and being like yeah yeah it's kind of like that with two big lobes or a few kind of normal size lobes but they all kind of pop up and out and kind of cascade off Hmm. of the central main mid rib so it's not so like uh lowercase t it's more like yeah. uh, uppercase y yeah exactly but then if the y kind of curves out a little bit at the yeah. end so kind of a silly a silly drawing of a y interesting yeah and it has again those rounded lobes it's a lighter green underneath kind of a darker not super intensely leathery on top but kind of a dark waxy look on top with a very uh kind of muted lime green on the bottom hmm 
And of course, as white oak, it has little acorns. Those little acorns are usually born kind of at the tip of the of the branch of the little twigs, and their cap covers just about half of the of the acorn itself. Wow! And they're just kind of normal. They just look like little bumps. There's no no like long strips to them or anything like that. They just kind of look like these little kind of bumpy caps, and they are always maturing in one year. That's another white oak characteristic. The acorns take one year to become fully mature and then they drop as opposed to the red oak or the, the black oak subfamily where it takes two seasons. Okay, so there... It- Remind me, like, how mast years play into all this? Oh, yeah. So a mast year is essentially uh, a boom and bust kind of situation. So if you want to know more about this, go listen to our second episode on the Oregon white oak. Mm. And that is essentially where a, a tree or a mast year essentially is when a tree produces a huge amount of mast, which would be its fruit. All that mast comes at one year, and then at the next year after that, sometimes it makes almost no acorns at all. Mm. So it's this boom and bust where there's just like the whole thing's covered with a bunch of acorns. Then it almost takes a couple years to recover. Then it puts out a bunch of new acorns again in a, in a following year. Yeah. But usually that cycle is two or three years go between these big boom mast years. Right. And then uh, in between, there's generally not a lot. Okay. So that is that happens with these, but it's not so synced up across the entire forest, right. you know, where individual trees will have a get big mast year, but also like whole populations will still have them because they're all dealing with like kind of the, the same environmental uh, stimuli. So. so mast years have little to nothing to do with like the regularity of, of acorn production no not not in a in a strict sense okay you would have um if a tree is going to make acorns if it's a white oak it's going to make that acorn in one year got it uh if it is a red oak or a black oak subfamily group like the uh northern red oak or the black oak or the pin oak and things like that those will always grow their acorns in two years okay so you'll have a mast year but it, that mast year would maybe start two years ago you know got what I mean? it Okay. Yeah. Well, Casey, can we talk? Uh, can we talk bark? Oh, Alex, we can talk bark. Woof woof. This is a, so such a beautiful tree in really? terms of its bark. Wow. So you know, if you if you picture like oak, it usually has like kind of rough and tumble bark most of the time, or like these classic like oaks that you know everyone thinks of that are sure. you know always in our environment. Thick furrows. Yeah, and like deep these, ridges. Exactly. Like they're kind of platy, but they're irregular. Like you can't see any like perfect things coming down, you yeah. know, like no long strips or anything. Nothing really continues too far up. Um, that when these oak trees are young, they have that same exact pattern. Okay. However, Ooh. as they age, they start to become really flaky at the bottom. So the the ridges that when the tree is kind of young, but by young I mean smaller diameter. Okay. The the ridges they're they're just kind of there. They stay really attached. As that tree gets bigger, those ridges almost start to like pop and flake off. So you get this like really shaggy, flaky appearance in the lower like six feet of the trunk. Is that a fire thing? I don't think so because fire does not appear to be a really intense driver for these forests where this tree grows. Some forests down there are certainly fire dependent and have had uh, peoples and nature 
putting fires in there for many, many decades and centuries, years, millennia, all that. Yeah. However, it does not appear that these are specifically uh, fire-developed trees. It's just the bark ends up getting shaggy. It very well may play into fire dependency or rather fire uh, resilience. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to me from my research that it is 100% something that has developed um, as opposed to something like the bur oak where that is the case where fire was way more of a, of a player in its ecosystem, which is um, essentially from that Mississippi line to the West in the great plains. That is where the, the bur oak is way more uh, of a, of a player. Okay. And so that one has a lot of fire. So it just gets, it's sort of randomly gets this flaky bark, but only yeah. in the bottom chunk yeah exactly and there's a couple other species um like uh there's a swamp white oak that also has the same thing but instead of just the bottom kind of six feet or so Mm -hmm. it's like the entire lower big section of the trunk is just flaky 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 interesting yeah it's pretty it's pretty gorgeous i have to say yeah it sounds it sounds like it would be uh messy looking but is it just like pretty in a messy way yeah i think it's messy in like a a, like a frilly kind of way you know like like chantilly lace uh, exactly yeah you're (laughs) like oh my gosh like you have all these little strips hanging off like it's kind of like um not quite the same as a madrone but like you can imagine you describe the madrone's peely flaky bark is kind of you know unattractive but in fact it's quite attractive part of its charm exactly of course that's what i'd say interesting well casey We got lots more to talk about with the white oak. Oh, Alex, do we ever. But we must talk about it after the break. I understand. I'm so sorry to do this to you. I do it to you every week, too. I hate this. I promise it's worth it's worth our while. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, unrelated. Everybody, please listen to the ads. (laughs) We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Self-loathing peanut butter hater. That's what you are. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like uh, like yeah, that. That's a song that has to be on something somewhere. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a. Uh, it sounds like one-eyed, one-horn, self-loathing yes. peanut butter hater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's totally it. Uh, by the way, we're back. Hi, everybody. Today oh we're talking God. the white oak Quercus alba. That's right. This is a this is a tree that I knew the Latin of I knew the scientific name long before we ever talked about it just because yeah. it's so much in the zeitgeist. It, it is. It's just there. It's just it, it is just I don't I think that whenever anyone thinks and this is especially true for anyone from the East Coast uh-huh. whenever they think white oak this is the white oak they're talking about. 
that you could say that the white oak is ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. I was like, I don't know what he's going to say. That's five. So, now, if you say it and then I say it just right afterwards, is that kind of actually six or is we? we you know, I, I think it's still five. Okay, that's still five. That's because well, that I was had, trying to say it at the same time. We had three before, so this Jeez. that's four and five. Whew. Sorry, everyone. Only five more. Only five more to go, and we might have a chance to wow. get 10% off. Amazing. I think that ad's already played, so now the game's out. <laughs> they already know they're getting 10%. Uh, maybe, if, maybe not if they're listening on Spotify. Oh, my God. Don't tell anyone. Everyone. Uh, so right now, we are, we're sending out this podcast on Thanksgiving. So I kind of wanted to, uh, Alex, with your accompaniment yes talk about this tree and a little bit about thanksgiving it's not that this tree um explicitly had something to do with thanksgiving Uh uh-huh however it kind of plays a unique role between the two cultures that have clashed that i think is really kind of fascinating it doesn't surprise me because this tree is so ubiquitous exactly there's six Uh oh So this is, it's, it's a, it's a celebrity tree as we've already kind of noted. And that's especially true. Also, as I've noted for people on the East coast. Now, the thing is, this is not for people who are on the East coast. Now, this is also for people who've been on the East coast for like 20,000 years. Wow. So it, again, right now in, in like the, the imagery of the white Oak, it is, this is the classic tree. Can I say a joke that I wanted to say right after you said 20,000 years? You may. Talk about rent control. I don't get the joke. Are you okay? I'm stretching my neck because it hurts very bad. Okay, yeah, I noticed that, but I wasn't sure. Sorry. I wasn't sure if everything, if I needed to bring it up. I looked like a, I looked like I was having some sort of episode. Yeah, you kind of did. Yeah, and I wasn't sure. Okay, so uh, right now it's fall, and like it's the classic time for all of the the imagery in the world to have deciduous leaves on it, and no one can think about what a leaf looks like other than a maple leaf and an oak leaf. True. So you always see maples and oaks. Like I don't think that's I've, so funny. It's just always, in, and if they don't know that it's a sweet gum or a. Um, plane tree or a, a sycamore yeah they're just it's they're just gonna draw it like an oak tree anyway or a, a, like a maple leaf because they think it's a maple leaf that's even, so funny you know? it's oh, i will add to this what like a, a simple leaf yes like what like um i don't know a cherry or something yeah just yeah. like a, the classic just like oval kind of leaf yes yes tulip tree or something. totally agreed no tulip tree that's the cat face one that's that's one that looks like uh felix the cat that's like the most opposite of a normal leaf I'm you can sorry. imagine. What am I thinking of? I was mm. probably thinking of tulip tree and I'm just wrong. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. There's a lot of just like normal utility leaf trees, yeah. you know? Cherry yeah. is good. Cherry. But the thing is, uh, like that doesn't emote a specific tree. And I think people are like, well, I got to draw a leaf. And so they usually end up drawing one of these classic leaves like, oh, oak leaf. I can draw an oak leaf. Right. So you get it everywhere. And then, of course, if you draw an oak, then you can put a little like grouping of three acorns there as well. And you have like this nice little fall tree motif going on. It's been that way for, 
for as long as we've been like adding these little frilly things to our fall uh, product lines. Millennia. Right? Millennia. The, the, the Wampanoag people were doing this <laughs> way back when. They were like, we have to change the curtains. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's now fall. Let's put up our acorn curtains. Your your great aunt's ancestors were yeah. stitching acorns onto their, they were. Onto their uh, hand towels. <laughs> it looked very good. So, so that is like this, this, like, you know, this current imagery that we have for this tree, but there's also like these characteristics of Oak and this Oak in particular of being like strong wood, huge canopy, this picturesque, like old worldly kind of like statuesque thing. Right. Yeah. I, I actually want to do something and then I'm going to, I'm going to let you keep talking and then I'll come back and let you know the Ooh, result. Okay. I am going to do a stock image search for oak tree that sounds great and i'm gonna see how many hits there are because i bet you there are a shit ton okay yeah let's find out so i'll continually chat about this because as i noted just then this is like an old worldly tree it's it's a tree that um if you came from the quote old world which just to be clear anytime i say this i'm gonna put air quotes around it just yeah have that in there i should have said that casey's doing aggressive air quotes when he yes. says oh, <laughs> yeah. old world I, I don't really love that term but it also becomes really helpful yeah. if you're just talking about trees from this one general region of the earth versus trees from this other general region of the earth you're not intending it to, you're not intending to use it harmfully yes exactly so but it might be easier if i just say from europe or from this place but europe is doesn't quite capture it all versus sure. north america doesn't quite capture it all anyway thank you for the the asterisks every time <laughs> so in the new world uh before the colonists came when it was an old world to these other people uh-huh. there was like the oak tree still played this really important role it was a big tree and they used it in a million different ways. Mm. Either it was just simply living life. They would have meetings under it. It would be this big grand tree where they would have councils with themselves, with newcomers. It's a, uh, a place to meet. They used it for a thousand different things. And there's like a timer. So let me, let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about. A timer. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think I understand. So the native peoples of the East and over in the Northeast is kind of where our topics are, are, are we're, we're focused a little bit here. Okay. Um, there was like the Narragansetts and the Wampanoags, the Mohawks, these kinds of people okay. up in the, the old Northeastern tribes that, have, uh, that are up there. Um, the native peoples in the East, they've always known this tree and it's been used for a thousand different things like an astringent. It was used as a tonic, an empty set in an antiseptic hmm. emetic. Do you know what an emetic is? Emetic. Yeah. Is that like a blood clot thing? No, no. I, what is it? Uh, it is something that makes you vomit. Oh yes. I do know this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I, but I, I just forgot word, it. Yeah. It's like emit is like in the word, ah. except it's spelled with an E. So an emetic is something that e- makes you emit, which I thought was fun. That's very, I don't good. know if I'm getting the etymology, right? I didn't look it up, but it made sense to me. And that's how my brain works. That's our head cannon. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so it, but also, uh, I found a lot of information saying that it supported health. So kind of like, um, a lot of different supplement trees where it just supports health in, you know, a lot of different ways. Sure. There's the, there are these trees that just sort of like are general purpose. Yeah. Like healthy. Tulsi as a plant or, uh, ginkgo, uh, um, witch hazel, these kinds of 
of things. Yeah, you know? yeah. So they used it for fevers, indigestion, milky urine, chronic dysentery. They would milky bathe urine. in it and have teas. Yeah, apparently. I, I, I don't know what causes that off the top of my head. I don't love the words milky urine and make teas <laughs> in the same I make teas with milky urine. That way I don't oh have to my. put any milk in my teas. Oh, my God. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> A collective vomit just you know, I erupted from everybody. Emitted. But they, they yeah, emitted. They probably had too much oak <laughs> from this podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, they used it for all sorts of things. They made it, uh, it used a decoction from the inner bark for a lost voice. You know, it would just be a, a mm. general use tree. Now they also used it as a craft product, firewood, lumber, furniture, woven chairs. They would split it and use it for baskets and kind of bend it and do things like that. They used the oak leaves to make dough for bread making. Wow. And it was also apparently uniquely used for making bows and like shooting, you know, bow and arrow kind of things. Wow. I had no idea. I thought mostly people used you for that, but I figured you got to have a second source. Yeah. Are, are there a lot of, were there a lot of use native to the Northeast? You know, I think there's one, but there's, there's not a lot, not near as much as we have out here in our forests sure. or elsewhere in the United States or in the, in the world rather. Interesting. Okay. Now the big wow. thing. What though, a tree. Uh, well, actually we should pause. Did you get an answer from oh, your search? I typed in oak tree into into Adobe stock. Okay. 1,093,702 results. Wow. Okay. Plus almost 50,000 videos. Jeez. Okay, and I bet you these are all white oaks. If not the English white oak, the eastern white oak. I would be like yeah. I would say a, a, a proportion that is more than Ron DeSantis's win in Florida. <laughs> oh my God! Is that a good so, way to to, to rate uh, proportions these days? Very atypical political <laughs> statement from Casey. Uh, um, so, what, like, what's a what's a, what's a tree that I could search that's like maybe not as popular just yeah. to see the difference? Okay, let's. What about like um, I, I the first thing that comes to my mind is linden. Okay, L I N. Uh, D-E-N. D-E-N, yeah. Linden tree? Mm-hmm. Okay. For Linden, we have 63,000 results. Wow. See, and, and like you probably find Linden's just as much as you find oaks. Sure. Anyway. The oaks have it. The oaks have it. The oaks have the win. So this is, uh, um, for all the things that people would use this for, um, this imagery keeps popping up all over the place. Yeah. We're going to hit back to that in a second. The big thing that I want to note before we leave too far is that this tree is one that was used for food so much. Oh, yeah, baby. So have you ever had an acorn, Alex? You know, Case, I... I can't say I have. Neither Unless have there's I. some like botanical definition of acorn Ooh. I'm not aware of. Like, well, no, it's well a- have you had a <laughs> peanut? That's yeah, actually. I think I'm about to like flip that script on you. I'm like, well, Alex, funny enough, what you're holding right now, that banana is actually an acorn. Yeah. yeah that's I when- saw you eat an acorn this morning. <laughs> that's when I get punched from everybody. <laughs> no, in this case, actually, the acorn is the diminutive of an oak. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, of a nut. Excuse oh, me. Oh, excuse me. So your uh if you were to eat a nut, mm-hmm. uh it's it's like a square and a rectangle, you know, where okay. an acorn is a nut, but a nut is not necessarily an acorn. Right. Nut is more generic than acorn. I have not eaten acorns. Um I would love to try like acorn bread. Yeah. You know? Well, and so that's the thing. Like that was what these were used for. They would make this dough out of them, like they would grind them up and leach all of the tannins out of them. Yeah. 
turn them into this powder and then they would use that as like this dough that they would um, either make a bread or like a bread kind of thing with it or mm-hmm. they would add on a lot of different things and it's still done today. So I'm using the past tense out of my strict habit of just always thinking that. And I'm addressing it right now. You beat I take me it to all it. Back. Thank you. <laughs> it is still done today. Yes. Uh, people use it. It is just, it's fallen out of fashion is, yeah. the, is the best way to describe it. It's now what people call a traditional use, you know? Right. Um, and it's like this really interesting thing. It turns out, though, that the white oak, our white oak here, was used for this more than almost any other species mm. because it had the most least amount of tannins the most least amount of tannins yes i could probably just <laughs> skip the most part and just say the least but that's stupid the biggest smallest amount <laughs> yeah <laughs> so tannins are what makes something bitter yeah correct. uh poisonous at all um i don't think quite poisonous okay. uh to that level but you just you wouldn't even eat it because it would just taste so bad yeah, yeah that's the kind of thing you 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 think it's gonna taste good you eat it and you're like oh my god like baker's chocolate or something yeah it might make your stomach upset though i bet you it would if you just sure. like started chomping on it and you like just swallowed it though your body's like actively saying please don't do this what is a tannin a tannin is a, co- a chemical that's inside of the bark the wood mm-hmm. and it's essentially just a a means of the tree keeping insects and things from eating okay it's a defense mechanism yeah you find it in leaves in bark you find it in a lot of different um inner bark is kind of a big thing for it so an insect would kind of drill through the bark into the inner bark and they would just hit all these tannins and it would just be very unpalatable okay so yeah it's what keeps animals from eating different parts of a plant got it and the acorn and the oak trees at large have a lot of tannins in them specifically to help keep their beautiful little nut safe from anything just chomping down on ah it, it wants to prote- okay it wants to keep anything that would eat the eat the acorn yeah from eating it so that it can exactly. reproduce that's exactly right unfortunately uh most animals are like i don't really care about that and they just eat straight through them like you know weevils and uh turkeys deer you name it a bunch of things eat acorns and then they just have mad diarrhea yeah they just like they have to crush through all of those the the actual like hard nut on the outside to get to the flesh yeah i don't know why they do that they should really think about something different and then crazy hershey squirts (laughs) oh thank you alex yeah to to go along with your cloudy urine or milky (laughs) urine This is like Willy Wonka's uh, factory from hell. <laughs> yeah. Botanical factory from hell. <laughs> yes. Hershey really Squirts good. and cloudy urine. Oh, disgusting. I'll edit all this out. Excellent. <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot of different uh, peoples would use this and they would routinely use this oak um, to as like a, a place to go out and do something. So as soon as it became the right time of year, it would be like this tradition to have all the people go out, mm. go collect from all these different trees and then haul back all of the stuff and then process all of these acorns. They break them open, get out the meat. They would pound it into this essential powder. Then they would leach it in water and keep on emptying and refilling this water until it ran clear. That's when you knew all the tannins had been leached away. The same thing with rice. Yes, exactly. So it's a really uh, like a a community-based kind of thing. Cool. And the the bit that I was telling you about, how they would use it for a a timer, Mm -hmm. is I read that... um, there was someone who's going to cut down a big old oak tree. And I, I think it might've been the charter oak, but I'm not sure. Hmm. Talk about that in a second. Um, 
they were going to cut this tree down and one of the uh the native people said hey you know don't don't cut that down like my my people planted that tree um it's 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 really important to us and also we use it to to know when to plant our corn because when the leaves are unfurling and they're the size of a mouse's ear wow that's when it's the right time to plant corn wow so that's what they would do it so they would it was such a part of their culture where it was it was just used for for everything but also like not used for everything in a physical way, but used for it in this like metaphysical way. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, I, I can't think of a, I mean, I guess like there's just a vast sort of difference in um, the value we place in plants. Yeah, totally. Like I can't think of anything like that with, with modern like American culture. There isn't, there, there really isn't. And that is such a fantastic transition, Alex, to hey. bringing up how our modern culture kind of got to where it is today. Okay. So people from Europe and England were very specific or very familiar with oak trees mm-hmm. to begin with. So if you go back um, thousands and thousands of years, uh, the people of the peoples of Europe were very much in the same relationship with oak trees as the native peoples of the United States and Canada today sure. uh, are, are, were. I lost track of my Ooh. tense there. I wasn't sure what I was actually saying, so I didn't know, like, <laughs> is, were, are? Yeah. Let me rephrase. The people of Europe, yes. um, way back when, pre-Christian times, had a the same exact relationship as tribes and, and native peoples of the North American area have today. Or if we go back maybe 3,000 years, mm-hmm. they kind of were all on the same page, doing okay. the same thing with the same kinds of trees. Okay, the same reverence and the same like uses. Yeah, and, exactly. Okay. So you remember we've talked lots of times about a, a bunch of different oaks of Europe, like the holm oak, the pedunculate oak, the cecil oak, yeah. cork oak. More as you go south, there's a Hungarian oak in kind of the eastern side of, the, huh. of this area. So all of these people would use and revere oaks in the same way that the native tribes used them before uh, the colonists came over. Yeah. And that is because they were food. So, in fact, there's a term for it in Greek. It's called balanophagy. Balano, or balan, B-A-L-A-N, means acorn, and phagy means eater. So, it literally is, the word is acorn eater. Balanophagy. To refer to a person? Um, if or? you, yeah. So, um, if you were a, a, if you and your crew are acorn eaters, yeah. you would be balanophagi. Wow. The term for you doing that is balanophagy with a Y. It almost, it almost sounds like a diss, like, oh, the people over the hill there. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're balanophagi. <laughs> Honestly, I would not be surprised if the Greeks, when they came up with this, cause they were, they were talking about people over in, uh, in, I think it, this is in classical times. So this was actually in Greek times where there were tribes that were just further out and they're like, yeah, of course we eat acorns. And they're like, yeah, they're balanophagy. Like, so, the, like the Scottish or something. Yeah. I don't know if they, well, I don't know if they, if it was quite like, I don't know. It's a really good question, Alex. Uh, I can't decide if, 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 uh, way back then, if the context was just like, 
yeah, we just call, we, we call them what they do because that's how we refer to them. Right. But it wasn't like we were better than you kind of thing. Right. It's such a specific thing. Like, yeah. oh, we eat olives. They eat acorns, if you yeah, know what I mean. Exactly. You know? I, yeah. So I don't know 100% if which way it is. So I don't have a good question. That's a good question. That's a good episode title, that's too. Great episode title. Yeah. Melanophagy. But so before Christianity really kind of uh, co-opted a lot of these things, you had people like the Druids and they, they're these like indigenous religions of Europe and Northern Europe where they revered trees. It's the famous for like Christians in late Roman times going and attacking the pagans and like finding their sacred trees for these, you know, Celts and cutting them down, <sighs> you know, like these, these, these were intense things. Probably because they ate the acorns. Yeah. Probably because it was these big trees where they would meet and hold councils. It would be the biggest, oldest tree in this spot. So they would go over and say, yes, we'll meet underneath the, the uh, acorn tree because that's what we do. Yeah. It is, uh, it's a ubiquitous thing in terms of the, the amount of, of, of reverence that these, these kinds of two people had. Mm-hmm. Enter... Uh, rather, let's just fast forward, maybe. Enter Christianity, fast forward through that, and <laughs> now the that reverence and the, the balanophagy goes away. Yeah. Now acorns are not edible. We don't even try. Now we have more fancy things like wheat and other crops, and we've um, we got all these animals that we're going to eat, and it becomes now definitely a balanophagy gross like yeah. oh you're acorn eaters how pagan how heathen how mm. not christian you know we eat wheat and we have pigs and uh turnips and potatoes okay not potatoes at this point sorry i take that back is it a matter of like f- agriculture versus forage culture um, yeah i think so okay. most definitely because agriculture definitely you know intensified as christianity came through yeah but by no means were these northern tribes in europe um not already doing agriculture they definitely did it just like the native american tribes they were using the size of the oak leaf to know when to plant their corn well they weren't i mean like i i guess i meant agriculture in terms of the oak tree they weren't like they weren't oh, like yeah. silviculturing oak trees. Yes, they weren't planting oak <clears> trees. <throat> yeah, they would still go out and forage for oak trees. Right. Um, but then over time, they basically transitioned from foraging for for acorns in a forest of oaks yeah. with their other crops growing over here to just cutting down all of the forest and planting all these Growing other more crops. crops. Okay. It, and it makes total sense. And at least this is the famous um, like deal with the devil that humans have done, which if you want to read more about this, um, there's a book called Sapiens, which is so good. Ooh. And essentially, uh, they decided it's too much work and it's too inconsistent to go out and find acorns. They have mast years. Some years there's no acorns. Some years there are. So they decided, ah, if we just plant wheat, we'll get the same amount of wheat every single year all the time. Sure. We don't need to eat these acorns. We can make bread with wheat. Perfect. And it's potentially like... Yeah, it's it's less like uh, randomized. Yeah, and it's potentially like just easier to harvest because it's like right next to your house. Yeah, exactly. And you can just go outside and like harvest it and be done. Precisely. Not have to go hike into the woods. Yeah. Funny thing is, you have to work way harder to do the, <laughs> yeah. the entire agricultural process rather than just letting an acorn grow on a tree that That's you don't have to do anything with. Good point. Yeah. Very funny how that works out. Again, go read that book. He kind of talks all about I'm it. Gonna swing a scythe. You ever swinged a scythe? No, I 
haven't. I've tried one time, and I just don't think it was sharp. It, it was a. T- it was like a little handheld one. Oh, okay. And it was. It, I failed horribly. I, I'm talking about a big boy Reaper scythe. Yeah. No, I haven't. I would love to. That I think I would awesome. be afraid. I would like cut my ankles off. Like <laughs> just, cut my feet off uh, at the ankles. That would be so funny. <laughs> How does this thing work? And <laughs> just cut straight through your bones and everything. It's the sharpest tool I've that's, ever seen in my life. <laughs> that's that's what would happen to us in a cartoon if we tried to do that. Yeah. It, exactly what. Yeah. Oh, that'd be so funny. Um, so, so fast forward, Alex, over to the very first uh, colonization of the North American mainland with European colonizers. Okay. So they started in the same place, culturally speaking, thousands of years ago. Probably. I, I, I haven't necessarily, I can't like say 100%, but there are lots of different resources that say, yeah, the native peoples of Europe ate acorns all the time. That's right. a fact. The native peoples of North America ate acorns all the time. That's a fact. The difference of, of how those like the cultures changed over, you know, several thousands of years or rather didn't change depending on who you're talking about and then clash those cultures together in this grand, interesting experiment of colonization that we yeah. took on so many years ago. And you all of a sudden get this weird thing happening where the people from Europe came over and they're like, hey, I know exactly what tree that is. That's a, that's an oak tree. It's, it's, a, it's a white oak tree. It looks just like the white oak tree that was growing you know, on my father's farm in England. Mm. That kind of thing. Yet the, the reverence is completely different. One's like, sweet. We can use that to build ships. We can, you know, it's got a bunch of good firewood. Yeah. And we can use the tannin to tan our hides and our leathers and things like that. This is sweet. And then the other people are looking at it like, oh, well, it has all this meaning still in their life that hasn't kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah. And so then um, this is like the weird kind of dissidence that has come together that a lot of people like have either A, forgotten about and B, has been completely like changed with uh, with like this, the, the myth of Thanksgiving, which is something we, we wanted to talk about here because the the peoples, these two peoples met under oak trees all the time because they, they actually share the same reverence for this tree, all maybe, uh, albeit maybe from different uh, different sides, you know, mm-hmm. big grand old statuesque tree because it's a big grand old statuesque tree and that's it versus this tree has a whole bunch of, you know, cultural meaning to my entire way of life and my people's way of life for thousands of years. So there's a, I read a bit of an, uh, an article by Claire Bugos and it's with a guy named, uh, David Silverman, who's hmm. a historian and he wrote a book called this land is their land. And it's really kind of a fascinating tale. And he just basically says this entire myth of what happened at Thanksgiving is completely wrong, completely wrong. And like, for instance, uh, there, the, the Mayflower arriving uh, was not like a first contact. There had been people in the Wampanoag tribe that kind of met with the Mayflower residents hmm. who had like already spoke English and had actually been to Europe and back again. Wow. So they're like, hey, we, we know who sent you. What's up? Uh, we're here. We're having a bunch of trouble with the Narragansetts. We hate these people. They're our, our, our enemies for time immemorial. So why don't you and I make a deal and uh, we can live peacefully and uh, fuck those guys? Mm. It's kind of what they, what they were thinking because there was like all these intertribal politics at the time. Sure. 
And so that was like the first thing. It, it, this was not the first time they'd been there. But the funny thing is the like, funny is not the term. The the most interaction they'd, they'd have was like people would come by and like do slave raids, uh, like Europeans coming down the coast. Uh. And so but it was easier to just make a deal with these people because you're also still dealing with the, the, the politics of your own land, you know? Yeah. Like if there were slave traders or raiders coming down the coast of um, of Europe, like the Vikings coming down or something, the, uh, the, the French and the Spanish would be like, okay, we just want to make a deal with you. We are dealing with our own fights over here. We don't really have time, so let's just make a deal, you know? It was kind of like that. Make a deal as in money? Um, yeah. Or just like, Hey, let's just, we'll help you. And here's some corn. Like this is, you know, traditional let's help each other. And then we don't have to deal with fighting with you. We can can fight and put all of our efforts towards these other things. So that's kind of the very first thing that, that he notes. He also notes like there's this, the, the, the theory is like, there's this unnamed tribe who says, hello, welcome. We are now going to give you this land and they disappear to history. Right. And it's almost like this handshake. And apparently this came from, uh, essentially like a new England, uh, newspaper where the new England was kind of feeling like they were kind of losing out on their really cool status as like the rest of the colonies and uh, the revolution started getting going and all these other things like mm. further south, like Virginia's, you know, very famously involved in, in the revolutionary spirit. And so they basically tried to say, well, actually, New England is the, the, the father of the, of the country. Like, the where birthplace you, of America. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So this myth got created about this first, quote, Thanksgiving. Wow. There were Thanksgivings, apparently, for hundreds of years that the Europeans celebrated, but they would actually be more like focused on fasting. So hmm. they, they ended up saying, oh, well, the, the very first Thanksgiving was like this big meeting, this big dinner between the, the native Indians and these colonists who came over and then they taught them how to do this and then just disappeared to history. Right. Of course, they didn't disappear through history. In fact, the, the next thing that happened is this gigantic war called King Philip's War, which King Philip is actually a uh, tribal leader of the Wampanoags and they just had this huge big fight and essentially like wiped them off of the playing field in terms of this sort of uh, socio-economic factor in the what thus became manifest destiny of the entire rest of the United States. Who wiped whom? The English colonists uh-huh. ended up beating all of the, the native peoples from New England and kind of pushed them out in okay. a way. There was never, there was never like this nice, you know, big meal kind of thing. Of course. There were meetings. Chief uh, Osemaquin joined and met with the leaders of the Plymouth colony. Like these, they, they were, they were meeting and talking. Like I said, they knew English, some of them. Yeah. So the, the whole situation is just a myth that actually really came out you know, decades later and really like hit the gas pedal in the middle of the 1800s. In fact, it was President Lincoln who made it an official holiday. Oh, wow. Because he was trying to pull the nation together. So he latched on to this idea of this unifying, you know, Thanksgiving, um, this is our nation to hold the nation that was now there together. Yeah. And this is also at the end of the... 
of the Indian Wars out west, you know, over this time period in the late 1800s. So it kind of all galvanized about 150 years ago mm. where everyone like were, were basically trying to A, justify the expansion of the United States and the colonization of it and saying, oh, it was essentially given to us. We had a Thanksgiving. The native peoples gave it to us. What are you talking about? Get out of our way that kind of thing so it became this like uh this 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 way in the back of our brains to say this is okay right it's not okay it has not been okay it's still not okay but it's what we're dealing with today mm. you know and so you have this uh this really interesting transition over like a hundred years where you now forget about the actual history of where this came from versus what it is today now alex i know what you're thinking Weren't we talking about a tree? Yes, Casey. How does this all play into the white oak? So the white oak um, had this uh, this this place, as I as we've noted in the cultures of both of these people. The first was the native peoples that were dealing with this tree for millennia. The second is that the peoples who came over from Europe were dealing with for all intents and purposes, the same kinds of trees over there mm -hmm. for millennia. When they came over here, they didn't necessarily see something that was completely unknown to them. They saw this tree and they're like, oh, an oak tree, great. I know exactly what to do with this. It right. was There wasn't even a question. It was almost like you got over here and you just started walking again as if there, you weren't anywhere new. But once all these wars happened, King's Philip War, the Revolutionary War, the Indian Wars, and all these different myths kind of galvanized and created this, this different kind of appeal, the oak tree, the white oak specifically, has been universal like throughout this and throughout everything. So the charter oak, famously on the back of the Connecticut coin, mm -hmm. have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. That is... Uh, about the time where the um, where all of this, you know, King's Philip King Philip's War was happening in the late 1700s, oh, I'm sorry, in the late 1600s, mm. um, this oak tree, it's called the Charter Oak because they hid the Connecticut Colony Charter in the hollow of this oak. Oh my God! Away from a, a an English. Um, some English guy who was trying to take it. And so they like said, Oh no, we don't got it. Or if they searched the houses and they found one, there would be a copy and the original would be over there. Uh, so it's kind of this famous thing that the charter Oak held the charter of the colony. Uh, and then, you know, a hundred years later, and then the colony, uh, still exists and can, you know, be a part of this revolution and become independent. Interesting. So the Oak tree also still to this day, some of the best, most beautiful trees are, white oaks over in the east there's still this revered gigantic tree yeah but people also have a, this this look where it's been this continuation from these ancient white oaks in europe to these ancient white oaks in the united states but they've transitioned from the kind of reverence of one people that has now been elapsed and uh eclipsed by this different kind of reverence from a different kind of people that has has changed but it's the same tree it's just kind of mind-boggling to me, and I, I like Thanksgiving as a as a cultural turning point. At least the you know the the story of Thanksgiving and the real history of Thanksgiving. Yeah, if we can use that as like a uh, the very first one, so to speak, as this like uh, this cultural turning point. To me, 
and maybe this is just because I'm a tree focused person. The oak tree is like the thing that is standing still while there's just this blur of different like mm. cultural things going on. There's turmoil everywhere. The oak tree is like that one thing that is just perfectly in focus that entire time. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's looking at it. They see this big thing and they revere it, but for completely different reasons. And it's this weird thing about like even the land. You have these these two people who are looking at the land who are saying, this is the most important thing in my entire existence, but in the most like vastly different ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, as I was looking, like doing all this research and thinking about it, I was like, I, this doesn't like, it doesn't translate in the same way as let me tell you the story of, you know, Christmas and how trees played in it like that. There's a very easy through line, you know, to say, well, trees came from this and co-opted this over here. And now we have it here in our house and uh, happy birthday. Yeah. Meanwhile, happy birthday to Jesus. Happy birthday, Jesus. But with uh, with Thanksgiving, the 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 unique point that this oak tree kind of plays is both indirect and very central at the same time. Yeah. And I guess I was looking at it as like, this is not something that can be so clearly described as just, you know, here's the situation, here's the turning point, and moving on. It's way more nuanced to me. I don't know. Does that make any sense? How do we go from here? How do we give a rating to this tree? It's very difficult. I think we should I think we should stick with our our jovialness, uh, where we can we can always just look at the tree for its merits. We say, sure. Hey, cool story. Uh your leaves are stupid. I don't yeah. care how reverent you are. Well, let's come down, let's come back down to earth a little bit and give this this tree a rating. This ubiquitous ubiquitous tree. Whoa, there's number we, eight. We've said it so many times we can't even say it anymore. We're gonna give it a rating of zero to ten. Golden cones of honor. Casey, we begin with you. I I first off have to acknowledge the the role that this tree has played in whatever regard good or bad, for better or worse, forever. As long as people have been around this tree, they have given it a higher level of of reverence than most other things. Not to say the native peoples of anywhere have you know, have one tree that's way better than the others because they use all their different trees and resources, you know, to a really intense way yeah. all the time. Uh, it's it's hard to even describe in our modern culture that is completely ignoring that section of it. However, uh, there's also a bunch of interesting things to say about this tree uh, in terms of its uh, arboriculture fashion. Mm -hmm. uh, it grows very well almost everywhere. Bottomlands, great. Eh, not quite bottom, bottom lands, but like lowland kind of area. It does uh, a beautiful job in the city. Its fall colors are are all the rage. Yeah. It, it meets the requirements. It's like this intense red and kind of slash russet color. Mm. Like it's, it's quite handsome, to say the least. <laughs> Um, I like the shaggy bark. I like that it doesn't get shaggy until it's old age. If you want to get to it, you got to wait. I enjoy that. Yeah. I don't like, uh, I don't necessarily think a tree should give away all of its secrets right away. Sure. I think it's sometimes nice when you're like, well, that tree's 50 years old, still a bit young. Got a little trick up its sleeve. Exactly. A trick up its sleeve. Yes. Nice, Alex. <laughs> nice. That was good. So, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not, 
Uh, it's not a superlative tree. It's not even the biggest oak tree. Wouldn't you say it's superlative culturally, at least? Culturally, it is a superlative <clears> tree. <throat> I do agree with that. Maybe How, not physically. You know, yeah, but I mean, it's still 100, 100 feet tall. That's big. I mean, for you and I. Because we're not 100 feet, 100 feet tall? Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, of course. Yeah, there's like, there's like <laughs> Every a, tree is big. There's a 20-year-old <laughs> Douglas fir over there who's like big who. Yeah. So I, and Douglas I firs, didn't, I mean, they're not even a superlative tree. But anyway, I hear what you're saying. It has a lot of superlatives. I think I'm going to give the, the Eastern White Oak, Quercus Alba, for those of you keeping track, 9.2. Wow. So I'm going to go 9.2. Very solid score. It's a very solid score, and I usually don't go that high for a broadleaf tree. That's they're, big. They're a dime a dozen, but man, this one's so good. And I'm pretty sure I found one in Portland uh, a couple months ago now. Sweet. Yeah, which they're very rare over here. Everyone just plants different oak trees. Yeah. But the leaves, because they have that really unique kind of curved curvedness to their uh, their lobes, and it was like, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what wow. you are. Wow. Mm-hmm. That very would be cool. Exciting. Uh, 9.2 Golden Cones of Honor for the White Oak Quercus Alba. 9.2. Now, Alex, I talked a lot this episode. Casey, can I be honest with you? You may. I do this thing where if I can't keep up in a conversation, my brain shuts down. (laughs) Okay, you've told us this before. And I just sort of like zone out. And it happened a little bit today. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody listening is like me. I'm seeking a (laughs) diagnosis. (laughs) I hope it's just going to be like uh, alexosis or something like that. Ooh, a brand new disease just for me. Yeah, exactly. You know I would just love no, that, the no, narcissist. No, 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 no. Not a disease, not a disease. <laughs> you would love it, but I think it would be more better to be a syndrome. A, a disorder, maybe. Yeah, an, an acute happening. Yes. You know, where you're just like, like, oh, well, if you listen to a podcast for too long, you might get alexosis yeah. syndrome. And My that, thing is, yeah. I, I keep up really well, and then I... I start thinking about something else and I'm like, Oh fuck, what was he talking about? And then I have to like (laughs) replay what you said, but then that replay is getting further and further in the past to where I have so much to replay that I can't catch up. So I go into my happy place. (laughs) (laughs) Just try to jump back in at some point. Yes. Well, I, I admit, and I know we usually try not to do that. This one had a lot of weird, just kind of, uh, ruminations. Maybe I think it was good. It was, this was, you know, it happened, it happens and, and it's a good, it's just as good as any other, uh, conversation. Well, all that to say conversation, I am curious, Alex, uh, what you're what you have to say all right i think because the tree is so ubiquitous there's that's number 10. nine i think that's uh, you, you oh, just that's 10? You, you just said it like one second before that oh right okay well that's that 10 count. yeah hey well from now until the end of the year you guys you, all get 10 percent off 10 percent off all stickers on our merch store arbitrarypod.com slash merch wow with the coupon code holiday 22 <laughs> This is not a bit. Please go buy stickers. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's so good. Now I feel like we need to make the, the code ubiquitous. Oh, that would be really good. Dang it. It's too. It's far too it's late. It's far Casey. too late. <laughs> that's that's way in the past. Yeah. Yeah. The train has kept moving just like me. <sighs> the train of progress. <laughs> the white oak. Fabulous tree. I mean, what other oak has a, a million plus hits on 
on Adobe stock. Yeah, I think it's that's a good point. Stock is up for the white oak. <laughs> uh, it's obviously a beautiful tree. It's culturally important. It is physically important. It is culinarily important. Um, I love a tree that gives back. You know this about me. It's true. I love a big, ooh, a big tree, like a big chonkin' mm. tree, you know? Mm. Big, wide, bulbous tree. I mm-hmm. love that. This gets there. Oh, yeah. This is almost like the definition of that kind of tree. Yeah, it really is. Um, I'm going to give the white oak a very well-deserved 9.0 Golden Cones of Honor. Oh, my God. Alex, this has been so long. This this hasn't happened in a while. I yeah. can't believe this. Oh my god, I'm so excited. We got we got over nine. This is like an average of nine point one on this tree. This is one of our highest ranked trees. This is, yeah. this is incredible. Yeah, I think it deserves it. I think it does. I think it deserves it. I really do. I think anyone anything else would produce riots around the country. Yeah, that's probably accurate. To Quercus Alba and to Jessica Alba. <laughs> I'm happy you said that. We say we honor you. Wait, how does the song go? De- yeah, oh, 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 got it. Nice. Okay. Uh. That's what I'm talking about. Congratulations. Congratulations, Quercus Alba. Alba. You're officially inducted into the Golden Arboretum of Honor. It's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. This one is from the Patreon. If you want to submit a question, join the Patreon at the $3 Quercus and Alder tier. That's Q&A. And this one's from Molly. Hi, Molly. Molly asks, why do some trees especially big old ones look like they twist their trunks as they go up. Is it related to species, age, environment? Am I just noticing weird trees? <laughs> we've seen this. We've seen this a few times. I've seen this a few times. We've seen this a few times. Yes, I we say. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, a strange phenomenon, but I think I can answer this question. Yeah, go can for I it. I just give my pass at it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. As far as I know, it's an environmental factor thing. Uh-huh. Say wind. Wind blows on the tree. Yeah. Right? And so it has to compensate mm-hmm. with a little extra tensile wood or whatever. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and so it, it, it twists a little bit to like... Uh, uh, to compensate. <laughs> oh, he's breaking. He can't do it. <laughs> he can't make the teleprompter pain. broke. <laughs> and then that that happens for a hundred years, and you have a twisted trunk. Yeah, it's pretty. That that is essentially it. Yeah. Okay. There's two main main things that happen. You you hit the the first of them, and you you touched on the second one. Okay. The first being, uh, it's a response to some stimuli. Wind is the perfect example. You'll see this happen on trees that are really exposed. 
in some way. Maybe they're the tallest tree or maybe they are out on a ledge or something like that. A madrone hanging off the sea cliff. Totally. I saw this with a uh, juniper on the top of Smith Rock here in, in Oregon. And it is essentially, if it gets blown, when trees are are hit by wind, they don't just bend, you know, one way or one other. They don't just bend one way or another, whichever the way the wind is blowing them towards, right? Yeah. They actually twist and kind of bend and twist and rotate as if you are, if you're standing, uh, just standing up, put your feet uh, about shoulder lengths apart, put your arms out, and then lean back a little bit. But whenever you lean back, twist a little bit to one side or the other. And when you lean forward, twist to the other side. And just kind of constantly twist on the top as you lean backwards and forwards. That's how a tree dampens its load uh, or its wind load. I imagine somebody trying to like balance themselves. They yeah. Kind of, they kind of like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that's, it's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, that's totally it. But the idea would be if you bend back, the wind kind of goes above you. And if you twist to the side, it kind of goes around. Ah, okay. So they kind of like bend and sway a little bit. So if you do that constantly. And by the way, that's just like a physics thing, right? Yeah. That's not like the trees doing something. Thing to the, the, tree, the tree doesn't know that it's like lessening the impact yeah that's it's just, just the way things move it's just the way things move okay yeah. so as it moves like that then you end up getting a torsional uh, impact in that in the wood that's on the lower trunk because um, in physics if anything is moving it all kind of goes back to the ground so mm. If wind is pushing on my face and I lean back, yeah. the strain goes all through my body into the ground because the ground right. is ultimately what I'm pushing on to hold myself from falling backwards. Yeah. So the strain is going through my back, down to my legs, and into my heels. Okay. Same thing if you're getting pushed from behind, except now it's going into your toes, right? Mm. So the strain, whatever part is being strained in the tree, it adds on a little bit of wood. So if it's being strained, trained in this rotational pattern, then you get this pattern of rotational wood being put on because it's actually getting these micro tears in the outside that are in a spiral pattern because it's basically being twisted and bent at the same time. Cool. So that's what the that's initially how it happens, but then also it's a good strategy just because if you take something and you twist it, it's way more solid oh. than if you just keep something straight up and down. Can I give an example? You sure can. You have a piece of twine. Yeah. Okay? You can easily maybe snap it in half just by pulling on either end. Okay. If you twist it around a bunch, uh-huh. suddenly you got, I mean, quasi-rope. Yeah. Right? That's a, that's a good example. Much stronger, much harder to twist. Yeah. So that it, it, that's exactly it. You just get more strength with a small amount cool. of that twist. So it just is a good idea, but it also is how the tree is designed in order to... Um, put uh, new wood on whatever part is kind of damaged. Smart. So is the likelihood pretty low that you would find one of these twisted trees like in the middle of like a city? 
Well, not like a necessarily. City block or something. You might still find it there because there's still wind that comes down. Sure. The most it would be if it's really protected. That's yeah. where you wouldn't really find a tree that's okay. growing like this super intensely. Like a courtyard or something. Yeah, like a nice courtyard where no wind comes through and it's just very much just sitting there. Um, but also, some trees are more prone to doing this than others are. Mm-hmm. So some are just they. That's an adaptation that they've they've already like experienced and it's just now kind of in their DNA. Other trees that always stay small may not need that to happen as much. I see. Okay, interesting. Yeah, but then it might be that as it gets taller, those genes kind of kick in and that structure starts to develop. I've seen a lilac tree that was like, it ended up growing kind of through the canopy of another plant. So lilacs usually get maybe 15 feet tall. This one was like 30 feet tall. It was just one big tall stem that went up, but the entire thing twisted like a vine. Wow. It's really weird, but that was just how it grew because that was what made it a little bit stronger so it could have that height i know a very famous twisted tree oh which one the white tree of gondor the white tree of gondor hey exposed how windy do you think it gets on top of the on top of ministry so windy that you could throw a dwarf and it'll come right back and hit you (laughs) you could toss a dwarf casey i'm sorry excuse me (laughs) when it's dwarves we call it tossing (laughs) you're right you're right uh i need to as a point of order was that at minas tirith not uh helms deep is where they toss yeah i'm sorry that's okay but it still works because in the universe of Lord of the Rings, there is dwarf tossing. I'm turning, I'm turning off my microphone. Oh my god, we've lost Casey. <laughs> out of out of everything in the last two years, it was this, huh? Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Molly, for your question. If you got a question for us, like I said, join the Q and A tier of the Patreon. It's three bucks a month, and you can either get your question read on live air <laughs> on the podcast. I mean to say, exactly, or. A big-ass Q&A episode. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be doing one coming up here very soon. That's right. Very excited. You can also join at many other tiers. We have a uh, $5 level, which gets you 15% off our store and two extra episodes a month. Woo-woo. Also, you can go up one more level, join the Cone of the Month Club. It's very prestigious. We got some really fun ones coming down the road here. We sure do. That also gets you access to a hidden pop-up store of cones from months bygone that's right we have something coming up in the cone of the month club that we have never done before yeah it's pretty exciting it's extremely exciting next if you wanted you can do the 15 dollars level which is arbitrary plus where we do two live streams a month you also get a couple extra things uh and everything below as well so of course each time you level up it includes all the tiers below finally we have generous admission if you just want to support and get us to do other cool things like trivia get new posters sent out get new merchandise everything that you guys give us we put back into this show casey you know i don't i don't think we say it enough or at least we haven't uh, I, I don't remember saying it very recently. We appreciate our patrons so, excuse my French, effing much. Wow. Excuse me. We do. I completely agree. And it, we also appreciate all of the rest of you listeners. Of course. 
That was my second thing. Oh, okay, great. I didn't mean to cut you off. Even if you don't support us on the Patreon, even if you just listen to the show, that is support. That's the that is that is immense support. Yeah, and we really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, we're coming up on two years of making this show. We are, yeah. And I just feel so incredibly grateful and, and thankful for everybody oh who listens, everybody who like shares with their friends or coworkers. Yeah. Everybody who buys a piece of merch, everybody who joins the Patreon, everybody who posts on the Instagram, comments or likes, everybody who's part of the fi- the unofficial Facebook group. Yeah. Um, everybody who comes to like see the live events and stuff of the two we've done. Yeah. Everything, everything that, that this community has done with us is just, it's beyond, it's beyond the pale. It's just so, so lovely. It's incredible. I feel like I'm in the middle of a tornado made of love. I, that's a great example. Yeah. <laughs> where it's kind of like you're, you're getting whooshed about, yes. but there's no like flinging uh, debris that no. you have to, have to hide from. No cartoon cows. Nope. No, uh, no little pop cans that have been turned into little turbines flinging through with little bits of information in it. Right. Do you think if a cow, let's end the show with this question, this, okay. this philosophical question. If a cow got picked up into a tornado uh-huh. and it was full of milk uh-huh. and it needed to be milked. Okay. And so like the pressure of the wind and everything started to milk the cow oh. and the milk came out uh-huh. Do you th- and, the, and the milk got caught up in the tornado. Do you think after a while it would turn into butter? <laughs> Actually, Alex, 100%, I think that's the case. Yeah. I think it would be... More than butter, I think it would be like sweet cream butter <laughs> because surely, surely a little bit of salt had gotten mm. pulled up as well. And I'd be willing to bet that they probably threw a little bit of ice in there because it's very cold up sure. there. Probably turned into some delicious ice cream. You know, there are some hipster chefs in Portland who would kill for just a <laughs> <laughs> an ounce of that uh, yeah and they would also be like we must go to a tornado throw these <laughs> ingredients into it and then catch it wherever it comes down we'll sell it to new york city for five million dollars hell yeah i would eat it uh casey thank you for this chat about the white oak thank you alex and thank you for listening we hope you hey you know what we don't love thanksgiving around here just the the whole thing yeah, I don't like the myth behind it. Yes, but yes. we do hope that you take this opportunity to appreciate the people around you. Give a hug. Give a kiss on the cheek to old yeah, grandma. You can still give thanks, but don't forget the give part of that. Yeah, boy. Yes, I Casey, feel like uh, it's important. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you, Alex. Thanks, bud. Thankful for all of you out there. We'll see you next week. Bye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 